You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning. Welcome to Cypher Christian Church. My name is Donna, and I'm on staff here, and I'm very happy to see you this morning. If you were here last night, we had a night of worship, and the stage was full of worship team members singing, lifting their voices to God. The pews were full of people singing and lifting their voices. We invite you to do the same this morning. Okay, so what is going on at Cypher Christian Church? The first thing I want to tell you about is, and it's in your bulletin, we're having a reception for our student discipleship minister next Sunday. And we're going to do a couple of things that we would love for you to participate in. We want to put together a photo book for Cody and Lauren because they don't know us. So if you, whether you're a student or a parent of a student, we want everybody to come, get your picture, and we're going to put together a photo album for them to get to know our names with our faces. So if you could take time and do that, that would be awesome. The other thing that we would love to do is if you would like to bring a small gift for them, we are going to have a basket for HEB gift cards for 5 or $10. And we just think that would be a great way to welcome them. And we know from Lauren's video that she loves HEB. So we have a video that we're going to share with you at this time. Hello, CFCC family. Uh, we are just one week away from joining y'all in person. We cannot wait for next week to be here and... Uh, we're just excited to see what God does in this ministry and through this church. Uh, please continue to pray for us as we are moving tomorrow and uh, just pray for safety and just, uh, you know, just an easy move. We wanted to give you a little preview into our lives with what we do for fun. Uh, Lauren, why don't you go first? All right, so... And this um, is our golden doodle, Charlie. Yeah, he's making a cameo. <laughs> Um, so I love uh, being outdoors, first of all. I love to go hiking, um, love camping when we can, um, taking Charlie out on the trails, things like that. Um, I also love trying any new restaurants, new foods, um, new coffee shops. I like to um, try anything and everything new that I can. Um, and then also I love seeing movies as they come out. Um, we especially love to see kids' movies together. Um, one of our hobbies, so what about you, Cody? Well, I think the number one thing I do for fun is definitely play basketball. Uh, I love playing pickup or shooting around. Just anything basketball is fun to me. Uh, I love playing games such as Phase 10, Yahtzee, and Uno. Just by the way, I am very competitive. I will drop a plus four on anyone. It's not personal, but I will. Uh, and the, I love spending time outside with my family, with friends, with my golden doodle, Charlie. So that's just a little bit more about us. Again, we are so excited for next week. Uh, be praying for us. And uh, here is our little guy. And uh, he's excited to meet y'all too. Uh, we will see y'all soon. Bye, guys. Bye. So join us. It's going to be a great um, time of welcoming them into our church community. And uh, there's a lot of hands right now getting ready for them to start. So just join us. It's going to be a great time. Um, other things going on at the church, lots of things in the bulletin. One thing I want to point out today is there is a blood drive going on in the Foundation Center. 
So they will take a walk in if you have time after church to stop in there. Otherwise, just peruse through here, find a way to get engaged and connected. It is absolutely, will be a blessing to you. My name is Rick. I'm one of the elders here at Cypher Christian Church and honored to serve with all of you week after week. Um, I was thinking recently how busy the summer's been. You know, we've had all kinds of activities here at our church and in, in different places around the city. We've had local missions happening in our city. We've had uh, events with international missions happening amongst us in our church body. Uh, right now, we have a group on their way to a, a hiking trip, backpacking trip in Colorado. There's been work being done here on campus every single week to improve our facility and make just things better for us to come and, and worship the Lord. And, uh, and also, what about this uh, series we're in on heaven? Y'all, y'all enjoying that series on heaven we're in right now? Amen, that's good stuff. I'm really enjoying that myself. And this sermon series has kind of reminded me of something I remember learning as a young person, a uh, study about the marriage supper of the Lamb. If, I, if my doctrine's correct, the marriage supper of the Lamb will happen in the new heaven and the new earth when the bride of Christ meets the bridegroom and all of Israel is restored and we have this wonderful time with the Lord celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so to have that large of a celebration, it would take a pretty big table, don't you think? A pretty large table to have a marriage supper that large. I have in my hand a little block of wood. This is actually a piece of maple. And there's a woodworking project going on amongst us right now where, where someone is building a, several pieces of furniture out of small blocks of wood like this. Small, tiny, it's like a one by two by two. So I thought to myself, how many of these would it take to build the marriage supper of the Lamb, that, that table that we'll be sitting at someday as we study this, this, this concept of heaven and the new heaven and new earth. Well, this little block of wood could represent, a, you know, many pieces of that table, it could represent the chairs at the table, it could represent many and billions and billions of people at the table. It also represents us here today as in a small way each of us contributes and we are stewards to God and we support our church and the body of Christ and what God is doing in the world. So I would ask you to consider this morning, all of us, all of us doing as God would lead us as a small block of wood. Let's all contribute and as God would lead us. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you, Lord, that uh, we're many people here today, Father, and that uh, you have a lot of work going on and we are involved in that work. We are encouraged by that work. Lord, and we ask you would take the small things we have, Lord. As you've given to us, Father, you would bless us and we would continue to bless you and your work. And Lord, we look forward to this time that we spend with you when the bridegroom is with the church. And we ask you to bless this offering and its work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen, good morning. How's everybody doing? I had a triple shot espresso this morning. We're gonna get out of here in about 10 minutes, so. Hey, that's enough. Well, good morning and uh, welcome again to Cypher Christian Church. So good to see you here and to worship with us this morning. Um, so good to, um, to gather around this topic. Man, I am having a great time in the middle of this series, The Hope of Heaven. This is not only a really, really fun series to, 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 
to study and to think about and to ponder, but it's a really important, it's a really important topic for us because the more that we look at this, the more that we look at the hope of heaven, the more our hearts should overflow in worship. I mean, that really, that really should be uh, the point of this. We should just be expressing our gratitude to the Lord because of Jesus. I mean, think about this. Because of Jesus, we've gone from being dead in our trespasses, dead in sin, completely dead. One sin uh, is is lethal to us. We cannot stand in the presence of God. We've gone from being dead in our trespasses and in our sin to being alive in Christ. Titus, uh, in the book of Titus, how many of you have read the book of Titus? Okay, it's good. It's a short book, three chapters long. Here's what I want to just, I just want to warn you. When you get to heaven, you're going to meet Titus. And he's going to say, hey, did you read that book about me? And it's going to be really awkward for you. It's three chapters. Three chapters, okay? Paul writes this letter to Titus, and he says in Titus 3, verses 3 through 7, he says, for we ourselves were once foolish. You and I were once foolish. Paul includes himself in this, Titus in this. We were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We have gone from being dead to having this glorious wealth of riches being poured out onto us, the hope of heaven. I mean, it seems like a really unfair deal. And that's because it is an unfair deal for Jesus Christ, who paid the ultimate price for us and gives us this reward for those who believe in him by faith and through grace. It's this unbelievable gift that we have because of what Jesus has done, not, for what, not by what we have done. And so our hearts should overflow in worship as we're looking at this. I gotta, I gotta say the best moments of my life are, um, you know, when, when I'm in a really good place, um, the best moments of life, like when you're sitting around a table with good friends or family, good family, not the bad family, good family, when you're sitting around a table with good friends and family, when you're, uh, uh, one, of, one of my favorites is like uh, Minute Maid Park, sort of like sitting up high, sort of looking, looking down on the field uh, when, the, when the roof is open and the sun is going down. Have you ever been there during that? Man, that's just like, ah, oh, it's, just, it's just, it can't get any better than this. Um, those moments where, uh, like last night, we had a night of worship here with a lot of friends and family, and, uh, and we just spent like, a, like an hour and a half just worshiping the Lord, and I think, man, it just doesn't get any better than this. It was so much fun to worship the Lord with friends and family. Reminds me of like Christmas Eve, 
when this room is filled with candlelit faces and the lights go dim and we sing Silent Night together, the whole room fills with everyone's voices. You think, man, this is like, this is like a taste of heaven. This is, it, like it, it doesn't get any better than this. This is awesome. But then when I'm at my worst, <laughs> I've been known to say things like this, if I have to be honest. I really want Jesus to come back. I really do. But I really want him to wait until after the next Star Wars movie comes out. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I'm really looking forward to this one. Or I'll say things like, I really wanna go to heaven. I really do. But I hope they have the Huguenot steak from Peli Peli there. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's, if you had it, it's a steak, it's got whipped, uh, uh, what is it, whipped uh, blue cheese and then rat, it's just so good, it's so awesome. Or Tex-Mex, I hope they have Tex-Mex in heaven. Or I've said things like, I really wanna go to heaven, comma, but. If it's just gonna be like one giant sing-along, I mean, I know I'm a music guy and everything, but that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Especially if I'm standing next to Dale Smith. <laughs> Especially, were you guys here last Sunday? Anybody happen to come last Sunday? Were you here for that moment? Um, here's a little clip of what happened last Sunday. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. That's good, it's nice, beautiful. Keep going. Sound beautiful. Prepare him room listen, listen. and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing. Oh no 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 no! Don't clap for that! Don't clap for that! No 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 no! Don't clap for that! No no no! If that's what heaven is going to be like, I gotta say. Uh, I'm a little apprehensive about heaven. Um, by the way, if you're not listening to the podcast, that is the kind of stuff that you're missing. So make sure you check them out. I, you know, I, I just, at my worst, there are times when I say things like that. But I think that it all comes from a misunderstanding of what heaven will really be like. I mean, that's, that's what I think because I have this picture of heaven. And that's why I've enjoyed this series so much because I've been able to really look at what heaven will be. No, heaven won't be just one giant, boring sing-along, one boring church service. There's not gonna be anyone who welcomes you to heaven and says, welcome to heaven, you've made it to the traditional service. We're going to be singing the first 75 verses of holy, holy, holy. And then we will have a guest speaker who uh, is preaching on the entire book of Isaiah, followed by some announcements. If you need to go pee, I suggest you do it now. We're gonna be here for a while. If that's what heaven's gonna be like, I don't want any part of it. But no, heaven won't be just a giant, boring church service. Will there be singing? Of course there will be singing. Scripture tells us so. But is singing the only way we worship? 
Is singing the only way we worship? Of course not. And so there will be moments where we all get together and it climaxes in this beautiful just uh, combination of voices and praise and worship, but we will also be dwelling in places, dwelling in, in homes and mansions, eating and drinking at this gigantic table as Rick was telling us. Eric Stribling mentioned that it's a good thing that Jesus was a carpenter because that's gonna take a while. We'll be eating and, and drinking and we'll be reigning with Christ. We'll be reigning with him. Scripture depicts people standing and walking and traveling in and out of the city. Have you ever thought about that? We'll be traveling in heaven, on the new heaven and the new earth. The whole earth will be restored. There are streets of, of gold in heaven. What are streets for? Traveling. We will be traveling and enjoying the goodness of God there in heaven, in and out of the city, gathering at feasts. We'll have roles and meaningful work to do. Some of you are like, oh, work. I mean, that's what I've been trying to get out of that my whole life. But it, 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 work is not a part of the fall. Work is not a part of the curse of sin. Work was given to us before the curse of sin. When you find meaningful work, things that you love to do, it gives you a sense of purpose and gives you a sense of joy. You'll be doing meaningful work that you love to do in heaven. And we will rule with Christ and have dominion over land and property. You think property in heaven, there are mansions, okay? There is property, there will be land, the earth will be restored. We will rule and reign with Christ and have dominion with him over the land. And so yes, we will gather together and sing, but while we're doing those other things, we won't be on our faces uh, as we're walking and, 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 and standing and, and ruling. All of those other things, eating and feasting, all of those things will be acts of worship that we do. We won't be there standing forever at this church service going, good grief, another song? I feel like I've been here forever. <laughs> what eternity is really like is so important because what we believe about eternity determines how we live today. It shapes everything that we do and say it shapes how we serve, it shapes how we give, it shapes how we sacrifice, it shapes how we love, it shapes how we worship, it shapes everything that we do. What you believe about eternity, if it's this giant, boring church service, it's not gonna really motivate you to worship. It doesn't really fill your heart with gratitude or hope. What scripture says about heaven does, for sure. That's why we're looking at this, and today is one of the most exciting, for me, exciting aspects about heaven, and, and I hope it's exciting for you. It should fill you with wonder, if not blow your mind completely. It is the essence of heaven, what we're speaking about today, the very thing that makes heaven paradise. Not the streets of gold. Streets of gold don't make heaven heavenly. The pearly gates don't make heaven 
paradise. Not even your, your loved ones who have gone on make heaven paradise. In fact, I know some folks that have gone on that I'm, <laughs> if I gotta spend eternity with them, I don't know that that's gonna be paradise. Just kidding. We'll edit that out of the podcast. None of those things make heaven paradise. In the 1998 movie, What Dreams May Come, any of you seen this movie? What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams? He plays a man named Chris Nielsen who was tragically killed in a, in a car accident. And he goes to heaven and he finds that he can change his surroundings there in heaven with his imagination. It's like a giant painting. Everywhere he goes, he steps, and, it, and just all of these colors sort of explode under his feet. He's able to, to walk underwater. He's able to run fast. He's able to fly. He can manipulate and, and shape his own little corner of paradise in heaven. It's a, it's a really amazing movie. And heaven is far more than he could have ever imagined. I've got a trailer that I want to show you before the movie came out, so check it out. Roger Ebert says it's breathtaking, bold, beautiful, like nothing you've seen before. What dreams may come will have people talking for years to come. <laughs> CNN calls it awe-inspiring. Siskel and Ebert give it two enthusiastic thumbs up. Robin Williams, Cuba Gooding Jr., Annabella Sciorra. What dreams may come. You've never seen anything like it. Rated PG-13. Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up. Heaven, right? That's that's a good endorsement. Um, This is an amazing movie. It's a really good movie. And um, uh, I watched it actually not too long ago. But there's something really interesting about this movie. Chris... Nielsen, the, the main character that Robin Williams plays, wanders all throughout heaven, just seeing the, the landscape and seeing this beautiful paradise that he lives in. But there's one thing missing from it. There's one thing missing from heaven. God is nowhere to be found in this movie. He is nowhere to be found, not even a mention of him. Heaven without God doesn't make any sense. It's like a palace without a king. If there's no king, there's no palace. If there's no God, there's no heaven. He's the source of it. He is at the center of it. John Milton puts it, he says, your presence makes our paradise, God. And where you are is heaven. The cool thing about this, though, is that we won't just be roaming heaven with God, sort of located somewhere. We will be like with God. And we will see him face to face. You and I will see God. And the reason that nobody's jaws dropped when I said that is because I don't think we fully understand what that means. So we're going to look today at Scripture. And 
and we're going to be kind of bouncing around, and there's going to be some scriptures that go up on the screen. Um, if if uh, I go too fast and there's some scriptures that you want, email me, and, and we'll get them to you. But if you look throughout scripture, you will find that you cannot be in the presence of God and live. That no one can be in the presence of God and, and live. Moses was a friend of God, and on the mountain, he says, God, I just want to show me your glory. Just, I, just show me your glory. I want to see it so badly. And God says, you can't, you can't see my glory. He says, I'll pass by, and you need to just sort of tuck your, your nose in the corner of this cliff um, because I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pass by, and you can catch the tail end of it out of the corner of your eye, but if you look at me, you're going to die. I can't show you my glory. We, we look at 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. There's a guy named Uzzah, which is a really unfortunate name. And Uzzah was one of the caretakers of the Ark of the Covenant, and they were bringing the Ark in. And as one of the oxen stumbled, as sort of a reflex, Uzzah reached to steady the cart. And when he did, he was struck down by simply touching the ark which held the presence of God. So you get a picture of this now? Like you can't, even, you can't even get near him because of the sin in our lives and the holiness of God. Every year in the Old Testament, the high priest would enter the holy of holies behind this curtain. And they had all these vestments and they had these bells on the vestments that the priest would wear. And among some of those reasons for the bells, many people believed that if the other guys stopped hearing the bell ring, that was bad news for the guy inside. And so Jewish tradition held that, it's not in scripture, but Jewish tradition says that they would tie a rope to this guy's ankle. And he would go behind the curtain to make this sacrifice. And if he died, if the old guy died, nobody could go in to get him. And so they would drag him out because no one could be in the presence of God. First Timothy 6.16 says, God lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. And all throughout scripture, you couldn't be in the presence of God and live. And yet one day, that groaning and anguish that Dale talked about last week, the creation is, is groaning and inwardly just longing for the return of Jesus one day, you and I will be able to look in the face of God and live. The barrier between human beings and God will be gone forever. Theologians call this face-to-face -face meeting of man and God, they call this the beatific vision. It's a... It's, it's the happiest of sights, the most joyous of sights. The most beautiful thing any human can see is standing and looking into the face of God. And even though no one else throughout history was able to, you and I will look at God in the face and live. And when you look upon his face and see him, you'll realize that this is what you've been longing for your whole life. Your search for meaning, your search for, for 
purpose, your search for uh, stuff, <laughs> all of these longings that you have for will be found in the face of God. And not only that, you'll realize that you haven't really lived until this moment. The beatific vision, this beautiful vision standing in the presence of God. This, Jesus says this is what eternal life is. In John 17, three, where he's, he's praying in the garden and he prays that, that you and I would, they would know him. He says that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life, to know God, to, to, to have a relationship with him. That is the source of eternal life. That is the source of heaven. We will enjoy other things in heaven. We will enjoy all of these other rewards and blessings, but all of that joy will come from what we see in God through those things. Randy Alcorn in his book, Heaven, he says it this way. He says, the redeemed will indeed enjoy other things, but that which they shall enjoy in the angels or each other or in anything else whatsoever that will yield them delight and happiness will be what will be seen of God in them, in those things. So our primary joy in heaven will be seeing and knowing God. All other joy flows from this fountain of our relationship with him. God's glory will fill and permeate everything, the entire new heaven, not just one centralized place where he is, it will permeate everything. And wherever we go in heaven, wherever we travel, whatever we do, we will be in the immediate presence of the glory of God, the full glory of God. Wherever we go, we will enjoy the complete manifestation of God's goodness, of his gifts and of his reward, of his presence. Throughout all eternity, we will never be separated from the direct, ever-increasing joy and wonder and love of God. Now think about that. This is a very sort of high thought but in heaven, we will only see the face of God once. Because the first time we look on it and see him as he is, we will continually see him forever in anything and in everything we do. There's no place in heaven where the face of God and his glory in Christ will not be fully manifested. When we see his glory, we see it for eternity. And this is the longing that compels you to search for things. This moment of seeing God, the beatific vision, the beautiful vision, this is the longing that you have inside of you that compels you to, to search the world for something to satisfy it. To search amazon.com, to search the job market, to search for... Uh, a better home, to search for purpose, to search for love. This, this longing inside of you is what compels you to do those things, but it's found, its satisfaction is found in God. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Weight of Glory, points out how improperly we, 
we long for worldly things which are a false substitute for the real thing. And he says this, he says, for those things, he says, they are not the thing itself. Speaking of the glory of God, those things that we long for, they may have a hint of it, but they are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. We're longing for the presence of God. That's what we're longing for. Hebrews 11 talks about this longing that the people of faith had in the Old Testament. He says, but as it is, they desired, he goes through this long list of people of faith, and he says, they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. See, those people were longing for that better country, and and that vision, that hope of seeing God face to face is what allowed them to really like shake off all of the things of this world and live a life by faith. It's what allowed Abraham to by faith place his son Isaac on that altar and and willingly sacrifice his son. It's what what allowed Moses to, to lead his people, to leave the kingdom of Egypt. It's what allowed Rahab to do what she did. It's, it's what allowed Paul to endure all of these sufferings and to live by faith. It's, it's what allowed Peter to be crucified himself upside down for the sake of Jesus because he finally got to the place where the worldly stuff didn't matter. That he had a greater vision, a greater hope, the hope of heaven. He desired a better country. He desired to see the face of God. And this is all, all of this, all of this is because of Jesus. Remember that verse I read, I read earlier? It's uh, Hebrews 12, 14. It says, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. It's 1 Timothy, actually, 6.15. Hebrews tells us that without holiness, without holiness, no one will see the Lord, okay? So for us to see God, to be in his presence, we would have to undergo some type of transformation to enter in even near the Lord. Some radical transformation would have to happen between now and then for us to step into the presence of God. Even one sin won't allow us to step foot. We need to tie a rope around your ankle if you were to step into the presence of God with sin. And so some type of transformation would have to happen even with one sin. And that's exactly what will happen if you place your faith in Jesus Christ? That transformation happens. It's only because we'll be fully righteous in Christ, completely sinless, made holy, that we'll be able to see God and live. Colossians chapter one, verse 21 through 23. It says, in you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has 
now reconciled in his body of flesh by, de- by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Because we're able to stand holy and blameless, made holy. Without holiness, you cannot stand in the presence of God. Jesus' sacrifice has made us holy. It has made us righteous before God. And once we're glorified and forever made sinless, we'll be able to see God and live. If you have accepted Jesus Christ in your life, he has made you holy. So I was talking to somebody last night after the service. We were kind of talking about this uh, sermon series and, and we were talking about seeing God and he asked, what do you think he's gonna look like? And I don't know. But I think that's why God gave us Jesus. Jesus was fully man and fully God. But if on earth the sort of definitive quality or characteristic of of him was his humanity, not saying that he wasn't fully God and fully man, I'm just saying he might have had that ability to sort of limit himself to be fully God, but to to limit himself so that we would see his humanity, then I think in heaven, the defining quality and characteristic might be the glory of God. And that we will not see him in his sort of limited, defined body of a man, but we will see him reigning glorious as God and King and Lord over all. And we will see that face to face. And to see Jesus will be our greatest joy, the joy by which all other things are measured. The beautiful vision. Jesus says in in John, that same prayer, John chapter 17, a little later he says, Father, I want those you, you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. When we accomplish something, when you, when you actually finish a project or uh, you get a promotion or you experience something glorious, what do you wanna do? You wanna share it with people, right? You wanna share it with those that you love. You wanna show them what was accomplished. And the more difficult that that mission is, the more difficult that thing is, that project, the more that you put into it, the more you wanna show people. And that's what Jesus wants to do with us, the work that he accomplished on the cross He wants to share it with those closest to him. 
Lord, I want, to, I want them to be where I am and for them to see my glory. Jesus wants to share that with you. And so we get a foretaste of, of this glory as believers in Christ, those who ex- accepted Jesus, we get sort of just a taste of this glory. And I know it's just common elements, the bread and the cup, but we're reminded of what Jesus has done. He's showing us his glory. And the more we sort of understand how big it is what he did, the more glorious it is, the more we wanna worship, the more we wanna surrender our lives to him. And so that's one of the reasons that we celebrate communion here at CFCC every single Sunday. I'm gonna ask our communion servers to come up to the front, our worship team and our prayer partners. And as we do, we celebrate this, right? This isn't a time where we just, uh, we just sort of go through the motions. It's easy to do that and we do it each week, but each week we should be growing in our knowledge in our awareness of our our sin and our awareness of God's glory. And this is a great time to do that. We celebrate communion by dipping the bread into the cup. The one server will hold the cup and say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you, for you, for you. For you, Matt. For you, Dave. For you, Marty, for you, Patrick, for you, Denise, for you, Nancy, for you, Connie, for you, JD, for you, Donna, Rick, Steve, Mark. I wanna show you my glory. I wanna show you what I accomplished. And so let's celebrate communion here this morning. Let's celebrate communion, think of the word. Intimacy with God, closeness with God. We're not able to see him face to face yet because of our finite sort of limited selves, but one day resurrected in the new heaven and the new earth face to face, eye to eye, the beautiful vision. Father, we thank you for this day and an opportunity to worship you, to rehearse really for heaven. And forgive us, Lord, where we sort of have a diminished view of what paradise will be, that it's gonna be some boring church service, that it's gonna be a giant sing-along, that it's, it's not gonna be as good as going to the ballpark or having a good meal at our favorite restaurant. Lord, recalibrate, correct our vision of heaven. So often we, we, think, um, we think of heaven in terms of, of the best things here, but heaven, Lord, will be far and above anything that we could imagine, and it's not because it's just gonna be beautiful and it's gonna be perfect, but it's because you are there. Where you are, oh God, there is heaven. 
And we don't wanna be there without you. So help us, Lord, to grow in this awareness of that. Help us to grow in our love for you. Increase our capacity to love you and to surrender our lives to you. Thank you for these elements that you give us. A simple bread and a simple cup that remind us weekly here, but even daily, of the great feast we will have with you because of what you have done, because of what you have accomplished on the cross. We thank you for this in Jesus' name, amen. I have a question for you to to close with here today. If you could spend an evening with one person in all of history, one person who has, has died, who would that person be? One person. Would it be somebody uh, really intelligent? Would it be somebody really famous, really influential? Who would that person be? I think I'd like to spend time with Abraham Lincoln. That would be pretty cool. Sit down with Billy Graham. Have dinner with him. Imagine sitting down with David, King David, or the Apostle Paul, or Moses. I'd want to sit down with Noah. I'd be like, why, why did you let mosquitoes on the ark? <laughs> and how did you get two of them, male and female? Adam and Eve, who would you sit down with? Maybe you choose somebody beautiful, maybe you choose somebody talented like um, Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo. And maybe at the end of that meeting, you would hope that that person would have enjoyed their time so much with you that they'd want to do it again. How cool would that be? Somebody that enjoyed your company that much that you became friends. Is Jesus on your list? Is he the first person that that came to mind? I mean, who's more beautiful? Who is more talented? Who is more interesting? Who is more creative? Than Jesus. Here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus chose you. Jesus chose you. And if you're a Christ follower, you will be with him for all eternity and enjoy that ever-increasing joy and love and wonder in his presence. And here's what's even more amazing. He will enjoy your presence. He will enjoy your presence. After all, he died so that you could be where he is. Most of us would, would love to spend the evening with a greater author or a musician or an artist or a, a head of state. God is the master of all of those. He's the creator of all of those. The greatest 
authors, the greatest artists that you can think of, the most interesting people. God is the uncreated creator of the universe and created all of those. He's the source of everything we find fascinating and he chose you. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe today is the day that you would like to make a decision to choose him. You may have been coming to church for a long time. You may be sort of around other Christians. Or maybe this is completely new to you. I don't know. But to have your sins washed away, to be made holy, to stand in the presence of God and live, we need Jesus. And so maybe today is the day that you choose him. Only that sacrifice of Jesus will cleanse you and all we have to do is surrender our lives to him. Isn't that just mind-blowing? All we have to do is surrender our lives to Jesus and say, Lord, I welcome you into my heart. You are my king. You are my creator. And I need you to save me. Maybe you want to be a part of a body of believers that is rehearsing for heaven, uh, kind of warming up each week and each Sunday for heaven. And, and you don't have a home church where you can do that. I want to invite you to join us. I mean, this is not a perfect church. We are not perfect people by any means. That's not what this place is. And if you're looking for a perfect church, um, it's not here. But if you're looking for a church where you can grow, where you can understand more who Jesus is and, and you're willing to, to surrender more of your life each, each day that you learn more about him and walk alongside other sinners who are encouraging each other, saying, I've messed up, but Jesus forgives me and, and I'm pressing forward in my faith and this is the place for you. We wanna welcome you this morning. And thirdly, if, if you just have a, a prayer, you saw prayer partners are up here. Some of you have these heavy burdens on your hearts here this morning, whether it be for you or for someone else. Our prayer partners are available now and then after the service. They're in the back too as well. And I encourage you to take advantage of that and, and just know that you're not alone. We're going to sing uh, this last song and um, if you have any of those decisions to make this morning, I pray that you, you would at this time. Would you stand? Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you guys.